welcome to another edition, another episode of the Loyal Locals podcast. My name is Jerry Jimenez. Thank you for joining us once again live for episode 19, our Tony Awards. We'll tell you what that means in just a second. Of course, joined once again by the one and only Mr. Drew Steck. What's up, Drew? Yo, what's going on, everybody? Not much. Just trying to figure out my other webcam situation. So I'll be looking over here and then maybe over there later. We'll see. Or we'll just keep looking here. Either way, it works. Hey, everybody. Just don't mess it up, dude. Because you were trying it out, and I'm like, why is he doing it right now? I just kept it works great when it works. It's just, uh, the screen has to stay on, but we'll get there. Mr. Steven broke off as well. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hey, episode 19. I see uh, Mr. Mr. Padre's jersey there in the back. Shout out yep. to the uh, the great and late Mr. Tony Gwynn. God, I remember holds a reverence in the city, so uh, it had to oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, we're starting a little bit later today. Thank you to everybody that is joining us now. Start sending questions, comments, concerns, reactions, whatever. Uh, if it's a good question, we'll get you on. We have a very special guest. He was going to be running late, but apparently he's not. Uh, we have him here now, so he'll be joining us uh, in just a, a bit. Uh, and uh, we'll get to talk to him in just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, welcome, everybody. Again, episode 19. Uh, we have a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to be hitting some uh, pretty cool stuff today. So thanks for joining us. Uh, should we bring him in? What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. Today's special yeah. guest, get him. Is uh, I mean, who else? You know, okay. So we ended season one. This is kind of the beginning of season two, actually. Matter of fact, of this uh, podcast. So season one, we ended it. Started, ended with Gaffer Landon Donovan, and season two. I mean, who else could we bring on? But not the one, the only, Mr. Warren Smith. What's up, sir? What's up? Hey, happy to be with you. Thanks for having me. I, I was a little confused. You said special, but you forgot special needs. Oh, uh, <laughs> we got gotcha. you. Uh, we are so, so honored to have you. Oh, my gosh. And what are you drinking? Is that uh, some Stone uh, Buena Vista? Uh, yeah, the, uh, un, uh, what do they say? The un, uh, every stone unturned or no stone, yeah. stone unturned? Buena yeah, Vista, yeah. yeah. You know what? I was going to drink. So I was actually going to drink an uh, Arrogant Bastard, but I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to join Mr. Smith. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm going to do one of oh, those. Oh, there you go. All right. What do you guys want? Make it, make it right side up edition. This make one. Right right yeah, this one was not the the no stone yeah. edition, but it's all good. Uh, Steven, what are you drinking, man? Uh, drinking the, the usual, the keg beer. Uh, um Buena Vista IPA from Booze Brothers Brewing up here in Vista. One of my favorites. Yeah. Nice affordable option. Small local business. Support support your local businesses right now. So love it. Awesome. And I've been uh, jamming on uh, Thorn Street or Thorn Brewing. Sorry, they lost the street a while ago. I, I forgot about that. So they're no longer Thorn Street. They're just Thorn Brewing. But Thorn Brewing, Baja Lager from their uh, Barrio Lager, actually, uh, which is made in their Barrio facility. Since they are no longer just on Thorn, they are in the Barrio as well. Uh, which we went to the night before our first match. Great little spot, but going to actually smooth over to, I was just jamming on that uh, through the afternoon, but second chance, their anniversary IPA is what I'll be getting as well. So both of those great guys. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like we're two of us drinking stone, but we're all drinking local. 
So we yeah. encourage everybody to drink local. And for those of you that are joining us right now, please go ahead and uh, leave in the comments what you're drinking, what you're uh, having on this uh, Thirsty Thursday with us, because this is a happy hour. So uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers. It is the happy hour. Cheers. That smells so good. That, uh, so the Buena Vesa, for those of you that haven't had it from Stone, and by the way, um, Stone, if you're listening, uh, feel free to call us and sponsor us. Uh, salt and lime lager is super good, man. Like it's, it's it, it tastes like what I would do to a lager because I usually don't drink lagers too much. I'll put lime and a little bit of salt and maybe a little bit of tahini or whatever. But this one already comes prepared in the can. It's really easy to drink. I, I'm just excited to drink this beer along with Mr. Warren Smith. So um, we're going to be oh, talking. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith, today about kind of the beginning of the season, taking us through the season, and then how it ended, what to look forward to. So that's kind of the agenda for today, okay? And I will take the lead on this one because I'm, uh, I was actually thinking today about the first time that I met you, and I actually wanted to thank you because you're a large part of the reason why I got involved with the locals at the beginning. Yeah. So I was actually at a uh, at one of the listening or the the yeah, the listening parties where you were just listening to us, and we were at Elsmith, uh, Elsmith Brewing. I think it was actually one oh, of the yeah. first ones. And uh, that actually, was the first listening. It was the first listening session. That's right. I, that's where uh, "Loyal to the Soil" was yelled out by somebody in the crowd actually that day. And I reached out to you at the end uh, after everything ended. It went awesome. Um, I, I pointed out that, that you know you guys were using uh, Legoland Florida pictures rather than Legoland San Diego pictures. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a couple of other things, but um, I mentioned to you, hey, I was I'm involved with the LAFC with the 3252. I would love to get involved with the supporters here, and you said yes. Let me let me go talk to Ricardo. Is what you said. We you need to talk to Ricardo Campos. And from that point on, I met Stephen, I met Daryl, I met Drew, and here we are. Right. Um, so That's I want true. you to kind of from that point. I want I would like for you to walk us through what those listening sessions were like were they what you expected clearly you have experience with sacramento um from there to now what has what has like uh evolved out of out of what started that night well uh thank you it was uh those, those were um great events for us right because we were only interested in learning uh learning from you and learning from the others of um what was important to you and it's my philosophy and I think it should be every business philosophy that you try to really understand your customers, what it is they want, what it is they desire, uh, what they hope to accomplish. And then uh, really do, you know, build the company around, you know, that feedback. Uh, listen, I mean, supporters, um, Right. You were a supporter of the LAFC. We had uh, AO supporters. We had supporters of other clubs and, you know, um, supporters are the most in tune people that we can really listen to. And so it was very, we're very thankful for the opportunity to actually get in front of people and listen and understand what was important to them. And we learned a lot, right? I think uh, um, that night specifically, there was a number of things that it, the group said that uh, were very important, as you pointed out, loyal to the soil. Um, I think when that was said, I remember pointing to Ricardo and said, you know, jot that down because um, that really uh, was a, a DNA factor, right? We're looking for DNA. And because uh, when, when it was said, it was actually like a, a lot of heads were, you know, nodding, right? So yeah. um, 
So we're, you know, looking for commonalities, looking for opportunities to actually build the club around. And frankly, uh, so, you know, it's been wonderful to actually listen and, and learn and, and then we roll out, right, based upon what we what we learned, and you know, now we're leaning back into that. Uh, it's we're gonna have a survey come out in the next two weeks that is really holistic and looks at the club as a whole, and and through that we want to garner some information. We're gonna do some more listening sessions. We're gonna do some more focus groups, and and really try to learn what's important uh, now, right? Because you know, getting the soccer fans, no disrespect to you, uh, but it's a little bit easier than getting the people that uh, might not know the sport as well. So we really need to really understand why you like it so much, why you care so much, and then help to articulate these things for the people that may be on the fence or uh, just don't know the sport as well as you do. Love that. When you say DNA, San Diego's DNA, right? I'm, I'm, say, I'm, so I'm talking about, yeah, San Diego's DNA, but ultimately the DNA of the club. Right. So that's what we're trying to establish and and learn. And, you know, I think we did an OK job, but I hope we did in the fans eyes um, and then from there, grow, grow from there. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say from the very beginning um, and even bringing it back to before kind of Jerry's you know interactions with you and getting yeah. to know you. Um, Daryl and I met with, up with you and Ricardo, you know, way, way back when. Um, at Peer Project. And that was kind of the first introduction through Ricardo with you. And you kind of told us your whole story. I don't know how far back you want to go with your story and all, but one thing that really hit me from the very beginning was um, how much you talked about the community and not just the sport. You know, you talked about building the community and, and, and having a club that impacted San Diego and represented San Diego and didn't just represent the sport of soccer. Um, but also you talked about respecting the game and you talked about things that were important to us. So, um, you one of the things that another thing that really stood out to me was how you mentioned that this that that was like one of the first meetings you had with anybody regarding san diego and you trusted daryl and i with discretion and all that stuff you want to talk about like why you th thought it was important to to meet with the supporters you know kind of first and foremost beyond uh beyond other aspects that in growing a club involved yeah i mean yeah you know i i remember that meeting very well right and uh we were up in uh, your neck of the woods, uh, and I can't remember the brewery's name. You had your dogs with you, um, and and you know, um, going back to supporters, right? Um, listen, I mean, supporters clubs uh, live and breathe their clubs. They they um, they don't just root; they actually bleed um, the team, right? So. But I'm an outsider. I didn't. You guys don't know me, and you've been through a lot. You have a lot of scar tissue. There's been a numerous, many a number of people that have come into the market that actually said they're going to do X, Y, and Z, and and didn't perform. The last thing I wanted to do was get into a situation where I wasn't going to perform. So I wanted to at least, you know, lay some groundwork and build some trust, and 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 then, um, you know allow for us to start the creation of something that we might be able to build on together uh, if you remember after that meeting we had a kind of a larger group of people at the stadium at usd and i shared this is what i'd like to do and this is why i want to do it and there were a lot of concerns there were a lot of people that were expressed um you know all the reasons why it wasn't a good idea all the reasons why it was going to be a challenge all the reasons why uh, frankly, uh, 
you know, maybe they didn't want to, uh, you know, participate at the time, which is fine. I just, you know, what I needed to know was that information so I could build the trust and, and, and ultimately bring the team together that can build the trust. And, and, you know, we're still not there yet. We still have to build trust with uh, the rest of the community, um, not just the soccer community. And we still have room to, to build trust in the soccer community. So, um, you know, I, 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 it's all about kind of understanding who you're talking with and allowing you to understand who is in front of you and develop a relationship. You know, we're in the relationship business. You have a really, you're, no matter what, you're going to have a relationship with the club. I was hopeful that it would be good. And if we could establish some trust in the beginning, then ultimately um, we could continue to build trust. And I think we've done that. I think, you know, from the very beginning, you, I remember, Steve, you shared some concerns about supporters clubs and not wanting to be owned by the club. And that's the last thing I want because I've been through that before. I know it's important to supporters clubs and they want to be their own entity. You don't want to be a commercial arm for the club. And fortunately, you know, I'm somebody that has dealt with that before by making a mistake, right? So um, we learn through our, our mistakes. And anyways, uh, I just relish the relationship that we're developing. I was loving the process that you were going through and listening to make come up with your own brand, you know, which was very similar to ours. And, you know, frankly, yeah. what you came up with couldn't have been a better fit for, I think, you know, who we are trying to, to be. Um, and that is, you know, San Diego. Yeah, man. No, it's a great recap. And I was one of those people saying, hey, there's why it's going to be hard or impossible to do this yeah. correctly uh, and thread a needle that is very difficult. But again, uh, at every step of the way, I've been there with you to say, here's here's what you could do. And here's where you can choose a hard road or an easy road. And you have chosen the hard road and admirably walk that road uh, to, to much admiration for myself. So uh, I know you. that uh, you're, you're it's not doubt. It's definitely more. Uh, you know, uh, admiration and sometimes fear for your safety. Sure. Uh, but that's why we hold you uh, on the on the bleachers. That's why we uh, have you holding your backpack. So same well, same metaphor, just uh, yeah. played out over the season for sure. But yeah, well, I mean, you, yeah, the feedback's ongoing. So you always have stuff like the survey, right? Came out at the end of the season. Is there anything else that you guys are thinking of doing to? Uh, kind of broadly outreach uh, to everybody here throughout the off season. Obviously, there's small conversations that always happen here and there, but um, you know the survey was a great first step just to say, hey, let's capture those ideas as they're coming right out of the season. But is there anything else you're thinking of as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, we're opening up an office. We'll announce it uh, more in detail in the next coming weeks. Uh, we hope to get uh, our final inspection completed by the city. Um, it's not just an office, it's a gathering place. It's a place where we hope that people will feel comfortable coming to, where they can pick and choose their merch. Um, they can try it on, they can interact with our team, they can they can come just come to visit. You know, it's uh, it's meant to be a place where we can actually just have fun together. And and I think when you see it, I think it I think uh, at least I hope you'll be impressed. Um, Ricardo's done an excellent job and and getting that ready and and working through all the different issues and uh, couldn't be more excited. Again, we're in the relationship business, right? The more time we spend together, the better off we are. We the both are right. And and to be fair, I mean, COVID's caused a lot of challenges in this, right? It's hard to get together, you know. So I was really excited to participate in your uh, first couple, um, you know, happy hours and. 
and uh, you know, so not to bore you, you know, we brought in some other folks uh, as well. But at the end of the day, it was all about just conversation and uh, continuing conversation. That's how we get to know each other. That's how we work through the challenges that our country is having right now, too. Right? Is having conversation, getting the understanding about what's important to each other, and and then and uh, dealing with issues as they come up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, there, there's some people that are asking some questions already, so I'm going to throw some stuff. But uh, sure. for those of you, uh, as we go along, please uh, feel free to send us questions. Uh, we will go ahead and uh, get Warren for a little bit here. So send us questions. I'm sure he will answer uh, any any questions. If it's something that's uh, inappropriate, I'm not even going to put it up. So uh, <laughs> this is a good one. It's actually, this is not a question. This is a statement from Eric. He said, announce Tory Green kits for 2021. Yeah, so, you know, so our challenge is that we chose a, a, a color that is not in any, uh, um, it doesn't matter if it's Adidas, Nike, or any of the other producers, this this is the color that's not in their usual palette. Yeah. Uh, so we have to get very creative. Um, and then obviously COVID, COVID uh, caused major challenges. So we're trying to convince, you know, a very large manufacturing company who doesn't just you know, print a couple things, they print, you know, hundreds of thousands of things at a time. So, you know, it's, uh, we're working with them. They want to help us to try to do it. And I think we might have a potential solution, um, but we don't, we, we haven't worked all the way through it yet. Um, it won't happen in 2021. You know, um, listen, you know, we, we're going to solve the problem because we made the commitment to you that we would. And, um, and fortunately, Adidas is working through it with us. Um, had COVID not happened, I still don't think we would have met 2021, but it's allowed for some um, furthering of the relationships, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, they really uh, loved our stance uh, that we took and um, we're participating with them in a dialogue about how we can actually use their brand to further that message and that's actually helped get a little bit more audience uh, for what we're trying to accomplish as it relates to the kit. So uh, I think we have a solution. I'm working with uh, Frank Battle on that and I'm, I'm hopeful that he has an answer for us here in the near future. That's awesome. I know one of the things, um, you know, that you're talking about is, is kind of the process and, and I've noticed something about this club that I really enjoy and I think it's uh, the word that I would use is there's a certain uh, romanticism about being able to say we were there from the beginning and kind of seeing the, the club grow, grow along with us, us grow along with it, and being able to really be a part of growing something that will be here long term. Uh, and from what we've seen, you guys are serious about it. I know that Andrew mentions it quite a bit. And so we're very lucky, and I think somebody actually in, in the chat said that, we're very lucky to have both of you, um, you know, oh, it was Eric. Yeah, he said we were, we're fortunate to have you and Andrew leading our club because we do feel that. And, uh, you know, you coming into San Diego and, and doing what you've done so far, uh, it, how different has it been, you know, and what are some maybe some things that you think are similar to what you helped build in Sacramento in the beginning, you know, for the first season? And then what are some differences? Uh, because obviously there's a lot of different Sacramento is very different from San Diego, but maybe a, a couple of each, a couple of things that are similar and a couple of things that are different from San Diego versus uh, what you build in Sacramento. 
Sure. Well, first of all, the communities are more similar than they are different. Of course, the geography is uh, is something that's completely different. But both are really small towns that ha actually happen to be cities. You know what I mean by that is you have a chance to meet a lot more people. You have a chance. I mean, it's six degrees of separation here. Very easy. It's more like three degrees of separation in San Diego, um, and that was all. You know, obviously the case in in Sacramento. Additionally, you know, it's. Uh, it's community in Sacramento that has a chip on its shoulder. You know, it, it, we're not the Bay Area. We don't want to be the Bay Area. You have that same chip, but it relates to L.A. You're not L.A. You don't want to be L.A. In fact, quick side note, I think we should stop calling San Diego SoCal. Let's call it LoCal. Um, and, you know, uh, that way we're not lumped in, in with them and, and we can kind of differentiate ourselves. But um, and, the, and the last thing I'd say is very Midwest culture, uh, meaning that you have a lot of people that don't, uh, they, they're quick to trust once you've earned the trust, but uh, not there, but they're full of great people. We, uh, this region is just full of magnificent people and, and Sacramento is very much the same. The differences were, you know, in Sacramento, I had gone through this before in baseball and, and had to build that trust and led to, uh, you know, building some success in the region and had a name for myself and and had built that trust. So when we wanted to roll out the club, I, um, you know, the Sacramento Republic Football Club, it was a, it was a little bit easier because I'd earned that trust. Here I'm coming to market. Nobody knows me. Steve, you know, no disrespect to you, Steve. He had he had his base guard up, right? He had to protect himself when when we met. He didn't know me, right? So it just takes time, and it just takes time to break that down. Um, and I think the uh, this the. The second thing, the sport's different than it was in 2014. Uh, the USL is much more competitive than it was at the time. Uh, you deserve a, the highest level of talent in this region. And I think now we can honestly say that being the best damn USL club actually means something uh, to the rest of the country um, when it relates to soccer and the play on the, on the field and the quality that you actually see. Um, you know, we were happy to win a championship, but, you know, it was a little bit different than there. We got lucky, too. You know, we had some calls go our way in a game against LAFC, and, and I don't mean to sidebar it, but that, you know, um, I, thought, I felt I was really involved in that. And, and uh, you know, but I also think he's involved here. You know, it's just trying to do the right thing, trying to do good things, and trying to bring people together. And, and so the similarities are that you – there's this unpent up demand or this is demand that people haven't been able to express uh, and have been wanting to express. Um, and then because of that, you've had some scar tissue. You know, the last time you had the outdoor men's game was 2001, right? Almost 20 years. And, you know, then there's been, you know, at least eight different efforts that I know of that, you know, some people were talking about bringing professional men's soccer back to, you so i had to break down we had to continue to break down that scar tissue and now what's happening right if i may you know where it's similar post first year all of a sudden we're getting this following and people are paying attention right you know elected officials are calling todd gloria right called me in february and asked to meet and, and uh you know of course we met and got to know him and he happened to be friends with friends of mine and in, in Sacramento, we developed a really good relationship. Why I'm supporting him, I believe that he can help the city really grow. Um, and but most importantly, it's like 
now because of what we're doing together, it's it's like a movement that's happening and people want to join it. You know, that's the coolest thing, right? Yeah. And to be on the ground floor, you guys are, you know, definitely as responsible as I am, be on the ground floor of that to to make that happen. That movement is quite special. And at the end of the day, you know, Warren Smith will go, be gone, but you guys will still be here. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, you know, I'm 56 years old. I'm, you know, I'm not going to live forever, but you guys. Will You're like spring here. chicken. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wish I felt that way. Hey, but, you know, <laughs> uh, but my, my point in that is that we're developing something for the long haul. We have a chairman who's 36 years old. He's never going to sell this club. He's going to make it the best it can be. And uh, I'm going to help them do that. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think what we can create together as a community is going to be a lot more powerful because it's built by many hands, right? It's not built by one. And when many hands, you know, built together, uh, build something together, it becomes a lot easier and a lot more impactful. Absolutely. Stephen, before you jump in, I wanted to mention we're both wearing our, uh, oh, here it is, our I Voted sticker, Stephen. Um, I copied you. I saw you wearing it. And uh, as Warren mentioned, uh, Todd Gloria, I mean, whoever you're voting for, by the way, I voted for Todd Gloria. Um, but go ahead and go vote. Uh, because, Making me look bad, man. I voted like a month ago. Okay? <laughs> I, my stuff is in the trash. So it's been a while. And, and no, it's a friendly reminder because we're. And vote yes on major, um, uh, yeah, on E as well. Yes on E. Uh, I would be remiss to not mention that as one of our good friends is a key component of that measure and that uh, even the proposal here proposed by Warren and our friends at Loyal was tied to that for good measure because that area wants redevelopment is asked for it in the city. So um, any sane person that I've seen is on that side of the argument. It seems like a pretty no brainer. So if you're in the city of San Diego, do your reading. But uh, confidently uh, listen to our friend DK. If you've listened to him for years, listen to him about this and uh, see what he has to say. Yeah. Hey, if I may, real quick, you know, just because we weren't on the winning stick of that, the last thing we yeah. want is, I mean, uh, San Diego, I mean, the Midway District needs it, you know, so yeah. whatever project was selected, it's going to be good for that region. And, and I'm, I'm fully behind that as well. Thank you, Warren. Steven. Thank you. So speaking, you're talking about doing something powerful and speaking of powerful, um, we, everybody here watching and listening knows what San Diego Loyal did the last, very last game of the season. Um, you've obviously been in USL for quite a long time, so I would assume you've developed a lot of relationships with the league's, league office, league executives. Um, can you give us a little bit of behind the scenes like reaction and, and kind of response to what our club did, um, not only the last game of the season, but the, the game before that too? Well, it all started with the game before, right? So, um, you know, uh, that was a very interesting, right? Because Elijah was called the word right in front of the bench, the L.A. bench. The uh, L.A. coach heard it. One of the referees heard it, but also didn't take action. Um, so our issues related to that match were less about the player, right? Because players are going to make mistakes. They're 24-year-old kids. But there were adults in the room that actually didn't uh, didn't take action. As you know, that's an automatic red card. It's not something that if we really want to rid the game of stuff, we can never, ever, ever hear that and not take action. And um, so, and Landon didn't hear it, right? So as we discussed afterwards what happened and the stance we wanted to take, it was a long dialogue. I mean, we talked, uh, it seemed like 10 hours a day for three days to kind of figure out what we, all the way through Saturday, figure out what we're going to do. And then we sent a letter to the USL asking to um, not count the point that we had earned 
And the reason we asked that was because if Landon had known that the adults in the room had heard this, that he would have walked off the field. Um, and so we developed these armbands, you know, uh, and this uh, mantra, I will speak, I will act. And if you saw the broadcast, we plastered it everywhere. It was very much our mantra. Uh, we're a we are a uh, values-driven organization, and we have very particular values that we stand for. And, you know, so if we say that we're going to, I will speak and I will act, and then this comes up in the next match, we were put in really a corner where we had to, make a decision, right? And our decision was, do we not do anything or do we do something? Um, so, you know, it's, it wasn't my job. It was happening on the field. Landon was the one that was dealing with dealing with this. He walked off the field. We're trying to understand what was happening. And he told us and he said, I have no idea where this is going to go or whatever the players are going to choose to do. But, um, you know, we're going to have a conversation and see where it goes. We said, no matter what, uh, we support you. And it came back and said, you know, hey, if uh, that player that actually said the wrongful things, uh, if the referee takes them off or if the coach chooses them to take them off, then we will continue to play. But if not, we don't think we should play. If we're really going to, you know, kneel at, uh, before matches and recognize injustice, if we're going to wear armbands to say Black Lives Matter, if we're going to actually talk about, you know, uh, the sacred ground of soccer and eliminating on the pitch, this type of stuff, we got to take action. So, um, you know, Colin Martin really wanted to play, uh, but his teammates they stood up and said, it's wrong the way that you were treated. And we're going to, you know, let's, of course we'll play. We want to play. We want to go to the playoffs. We want to give our fans the best. And as you know, we were the best team by far at this point of the season, at least in our group. Um, and obviously see how we treated Phoenix, the, last game we played him in the first half of this game and now they're in the championship right so we could have very easily you know i shouldn't say that playoffs are different but we could have been one of the we could have been in the in the in the, in the final um so, so you know, this, this is a loyalist podcast so uh you can absolutely say that warren because we feel the <laughs> exact same way we should be, yes Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to. Say that. Yeah, I'm a little bit. Uh, I got to be politically correct. Maybe not. Fuck those guys. We we, we should have won. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right, but <laughs> yeah, there we go. But so you know, my job is to create an atmosphere where people can create or can actually make decisions and and not have to come for approval all the time, right? And so we lay these ground rules and. And and keep in mind, Landon helped the the whole company leadership helped to develop these ground rules, and 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 so he you know pointed right to the values and said, "This is who we are. This is why we're doing it." And said, "You know, we're all about commitment. We're about camaraderie. We're about um, you know um, connection and all this stuff." And and but this is not right because this is not you know in line with those. And so we gave him our support. You know. Um, and, you know, it was the right thing. Um, it was hard. I don't think we'll ever walk off a pitch again. At least I hope not. Um, and I hope also when things like this come up, we can immediately have positives out of this that we can build. We're working with LAFC on on how we can actually have a conversation to educate the community. You know, the poor kid that actually said this, he doesn't know any better. He lives in a, on a uh, he grew up on a, a border town in Texas and he's used to saying this word and 
sings it in songs and and it to his credit admitted it you know he didn't hide from it uh, but so it's an education thing right it's an opportunity to help people understand that just because we've grown up with a certain way doesn't mean we can act a certain way um, and then with with phoenix rising the guys in phoenix are really good friends of mine so it was very difficult to you know in the stands they're in the stands watching and this is happening i'm trying to articulate to them what our team will do and you know but we all learn right um i've been in this type of stuff before and i learned that you know the quicker you can actually understand what's going on the quicker you can make a decision and, and they just weren't in that you know in that uh scenario um but the last thing we wanted is to see a player um you know both players i mean the player in lafc was let go He's a good player. We don't want his life to end, you know, this and his life is all around soccer. The other player, he's probably the, you know, one of the best in the league this year, 17 goals. And, and yet the discriminated the dis discrimination that happened against him was, you know, a thousand times fold than what he said to Colin Martin, the N word death threats and everything. So that's the last thing we want to have happen. Um, but where we can make a difference is have a conversation, bring people together, you know, talk about this, let Elijah Martin and this player talk on and let Elijah say why it, it hurts him. You know, Elijah comes, it's very interesting. He's half Hispanic, half African-American. So he understands and comes from that community and I think can really help make a difference. So anyways, it, it was uh, back to your point, your question about the league though, and what was happening behind the scenes. The league didn't know what to do when we asked for there's no rules for this right there's no rules for asking to to get rid of a point um they didn't know how to deal with this and to their credit they worked through it and were um didn't come up with an answer until you know about game time of the phoenix match and and of course this thing breaks out and um looking back you know those four points we would have been in the playoffs um but some things are more important than playoffs. Some things are more important than winning a match. And, and we think that one of those things is just the sacred ground of soccer being for all by all and making sure that everybody feels safe and a part of it. So uh, couldn't be more proud of Landon, couldn't be more proud of the team, couldn't be more proud of the stance we took. Um, and hope we don't have to do something like that again in the future. Just real quick, I, LAFC, I have to say that uh, you meant to say Galaxy, not LAFC. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, forgive me. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> LA Galaxy 2 to be specific. So yeah, me. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Drew? Uh, yeah, man. Mm -hmm. um, just looking at kind of looking forward here in terms of uh, where we're going as a as a club. You have to think, um, you know, kind of what's, what's next uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the stadium, right? Um, we have our, our next couple of years here at USD, which are, you know, we've got a decent lease, it sounds like there, but the goal has been, it sounds like, to jump from lily pad here at USD to a different lily pad, possibly before landing in the big pond where we want to be. Um, but the, uh, the goal seemed to be, as we said, that Midway site, which is still just a determination by the mayor, as far as politically I can understand. So that means that he hands it off to the next... Uh, group and they decide whether or not they want to honor that or maybe revisit it. So there is obviously a possibility there, but uh, in general, is there other ideas there in terms of that? A hundred percent. I mean, um, listen, I mean, there's a couple of things that there's, you know, two things that I can't talk about just because we're under an NDA, but 
um, you know, we, we've got similar interests than other teams and working through uh, one of those. Um, similar interests, similar needs I'd share. Um, but, um, you know, it's not like we went to the sports arena site without other things that we were working on. And, you know, as you can see, we, we compete to win. And I thought we did win, um, thought we should have won. Uh, because the community supported so much of our uh, choice in the Midway District. Uh, you know, the problem was that that bid was really built for, you know, for the team that won. And and so now we just hope to participate on the front end and help to drive, you know, when, when somebody's going to bid some property or somebody's going to do something, that we're on the front end of that. There's a, a county piece of the property that we're looking at and have had conversations with. We're continuing to look at this, the uh, Midway District. There's a lot of land. There's over a thousand yeah. acres of land in the Midway District. Nothing can happen there unless the height limit is uh, is lifted. So you know that's why we're supporting that effort. There's you know the the property in downtown that everyone talks about. That's you know right next to Petco. The, the old train tracks and very difficult. But you know likely uh, nothing can happen. But I'm not one of those people that believes in that type of stuff. I think anything can happen. If it doesn't you sound like it. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I, I'm pretty confident. I feel good about 2023. Yeah. If you remember, I said in year three, um, we would, you know, build a modular facility. And, um, you know, COVID, would, that's nobody in the industry ever thought COVID would happen, right? So, no. Um, so but it's good for modular. I mean, that's that's where modular works and makes sense because you can build it when you need it and where you want it. So I think that that concept still works, obviously, moving forward. And as you said, E with uh, redevelopment there should, uh, if it passes, bring a lot of redevelopment. That's a lot of lots getting built and things happening. So it sounds like yeah. where you guys are just kind of watching for where the cranes are a little bit, I guess. Well, actually, we're watching before where the cranes yeah, are, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, and I know you guys won't like this because I've listened, I've heard, but, you know, we still have to have a fallback, right? So we continue to have a conversation with the SDSU and, um, you know, I've, uh, JD and I were uh, texting this week. We're going to go see their, um, you know, their experience center that actually shows the stadium. Let me understand kind of what it includes related to soccer and, but we're going to explore everything, man. We're not, you know, and the, the challenge that this community has had is that you've had an unbelievable piece of property. So every time somebody talked about soccer, they pretty much principally talked about uh, uh, where the, the Qualcomm Stadium was or SDSU Stadium was. And so when you do that, you don't really dig deep into what the other opportunities are. And there are some, trust me. And it's, don't get me wrong, they're difficult, but everything in stadiums is difficult. So, uh, but the last thing I'll say, and the reason why the movement's important, right? If it's me in front of city council, it's one thing. That means a developer is asking for something. If it's the fans that are presenting something, if it's the people that are presenting something, it's a different thing, right? Elected officials care very deeply about what the public thinks. So, you know, that's why this movement that you are helping to create is so important, right? Because at the end of the day, we're going to, no matter what, we'll be in front of city council we'll, we'll be, or county super, board of supervisors. And because nothing related to stadium can happen without some input from them. 
um, whether it be EIR, whether it be traffic, whether, and so, but, um, you know, last thing I'll leave with on that in Sacramento, Mayor Johnson, who was, you know, big advocate and fan and friend and who said, you know, no public money, no public money. We're not going to invest a cent. And next thing you know, they're now investing, you know, 40 million or close to $40 million into that new stadium. And it was because it was the fans that asked. There you have it. So we have a voice, people that are listening, everybody you do. is a part of the locals. We have a lot of power and I, I know that, and I know and you guys know that. It's just a matter of, you know, when the opportunity comes, just like we showed up for this, maybe we, we have not won that bid, uh, you know, the sports arena uh, site, but we definitely showed up and it, the numbers showed it, you know, and I'm glad that they released the numbers because it showed that we showed up. And so we just continue to do that. We continue to back, uh, you know, the San Diego Loyal and wherever we, uh, you know, end up, I'm sure it's going to be for uh, a very good reason. I know there's going to be, there's going to, there's a reason why we have missed out on these opportunities so far or missed out or haven't won the bid or whatever, because I know that the right place for the club is coming. I just, I, I can feel it. Um, and so I appreciate Warren uh, that, you know, you continue to have backup plans. I, I understand uh, the stance and not playing at San Diego State, but uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm open to that as well. And talking about future and moving into the future, uh, recently, Grant Wall, uh, who I believe he's still with Sports Illustrated, uh, he reported that the start of the next season uh, may be pushed. Yeah, kind of. Uh, he it may be pushed for uh, USL to to May, uh, as we all know, March was kind of the start of USL. Can you comment on that at all? Is that has that kind of already been figured out, or is that still in the works, trying to figure out what's going to be best, especially you know considering this whole COVID situation. Yeah, Joe, and, and listen, we're all trying, I mean, every league is dealing with this, and yeah. every single uh, league that starts in the spring, um, Major League Baseball, um, as an example, uh, are all talking about a May start. Um, we haven't landed for sure on it, but we, I mean, we've been advocating push the season back farther, um, but let's still get the same amount of games in. Um, let's allow for some time to allow the therapies or the vaccines to actually make a difference. Um, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Everyone's saying that June and or, I'm sorry, January and February are going to be you know, some of the worst months we've dealt with. The good news is the death rates are dropping very significantly. The therapies are working. Um, so more people will get it, less people will die, but, it, um, but we want people to feel safe. Okay, so the longer time we can buy to allow people to come out to a match, the better off we are. Um, and we don't want to go through another year like we went through. We do not want to have no fans. So we're very appreciative to the governor of opening up uh, the, uh, the outdoor venues. Uh, you know, effectively, if we had matches right now, we could host up to 20%. We're in the red category. He announced that if you're in the red, you can have 20% capacity in your venue. Um, if you're in the yellow category, the category which we hope to move up to, you can go up to 25%. We're disappointed not that he didn't show a pathway to 50%, but given all that they had to deal with, this is a huge first step for us. So um, to be able to open up the stadium, to have our season ticket holders and, and uh, supporters groups with us, then that would be magnificent, right? 
um, and then to build from there. Uh, but everything about next year is building for an unbelievable 22, uh, 2022. Um, we know we're not going to, you know, be able to maximize capacity, but we're going to try to maximize on what the government will allow us to do. Um, and right now, the, the thinking in the league is, you know, to buy as much time as you can. Now, there are cities that are pushing, you know, cities like Louisville, uh, Oklahoma City, Florida are, are already allowing a, a in Texas up to 50%. So they want to open up early. You know, uh, New Mexico had to travel on the road every single game this year is saying, gosh, that doesn't make sense for me. And here in California, we're saying, well, that gosh, that doesn't make sense for us. So I thought the league, you know, uh, is having a really good con uh, conversation about compromise and yeah. coming up with a timeline that works. I don't think we'll get 34 games in, but I don't think it'll be less than 28. I think at the end of the day, we'll be somewhere in that range. And um, so it'll be more impactful than last year. But, uh, you know, hopefully when we do start, people feel safe and they they can come out. Yeah. Did you, have you talked about a, a kind of a league structure? Is it going to be groups again? Is it going to be traditional East-West? Is it, you know, those those kind of things? Nothing's decided, but we've had conversation, of course, you know, um, um, you know, the, the, with 16 matches, right. For us, you know, it was 16, I think, right. Uh, uh, it would have been 18, but we already played two. Yeah. Um, you know, the group structure meant that we had to play each, each, um, everybody in the group three times and played outside of the group the rest. And I think we will not play, uh, anybody more than three times. Um, but we still want to minimize travel as much as we can. Um, so maybe it's not, maybe, maybe we're still going to uh, Oklahoma city or to Austin, but maybe we're not going as often. So I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a structure. You know, my gut tells me if I were a betting man, it'd be kind of like a, a, a two conference or excuse me, two division under a conference structure. Uh, so really four divisions, but, it's too early to tell. I mean, I'm just, you know, I like to read tea leaves and make bets. I'm a, I'm yeah. a bet man. I don't bet on soccer, though. <laughs> but it sounds like a ramp. It sounds like a ramp up generally kind of going the direction we want, which is more, you know, more like what it was before March of 2020, yeah. right? So that's we that's hope. that's great, and that's great news for anybody. But uh, we'll, I'll personally vouch to bring three voices uh, myself. Um you know, just inside of me and, and each local I think can do the same and we'll still try and bring the same amount of sound regardless for you. Um, if you, if you let us back in. So we, we definitely will give it all we got. It's not me. It's the government. If the government. Oh, no, I know, back in. but it's, uh, just it's, it's, it's very welcome news. Just bring that back what? full of stone beer. Do that every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. There was no beer in that backpack. Uh -huh. It's called fuel. Uh -huh. No proof. Yeah. <laughs> There's water in power bars. Just bring the power bars, Warren. Before <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. We By the way, have you guys seen the new scarves? You, you know, you know, yes. we have virgin yeah. house, right? I've been waiting to ask you about that because I saw you wearing that and the hat. The hat yeah. too. Yeah. He's wearing. The he's dripping. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't be more proud of uh, Ricardo and Megan O'Hearn. Um, you know, we. Uh, Soccer Local was a great partner in many ways, but uh, to provide the highest level service, we just felt it was so important to bring this in house, and which it was always the goal. But it, you know, when we were starting with only five months, 
uh, before season, there was just no way we were going to do a good job of it. So it seemed like the right partnership. And then COVID allowed us to actually speed that up. And and they're doing a great job designing. Um, you know, I hope to do some contests, you know, have some kids draw the brand and, you know, make the artwork actually cool. be um, something that we can sell you know, see a combination between art and and design, but yeah, they're doing a great job. But this is a recognition of the Day of the Dead celebrations. Obviously, it's a big week that weekend this week for that. And then, yeah, and uh, you know, good stuff. And being, yeah, we, we'd be remiss not to shout out our own director of art, uh, Travis, for any contributions he may have had to. Uh, yeah, he, he said, well, those are nice. Hmm, I wonder why you think so. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it opens you guys up to those kind of collabs, right? It gives you the, yeah, the store, gives you the ability to collaborate with local artists like Travis and bring them in and, and be more open to that, which is great. Kind of having that workflow. It seems like it's already opening up with this release. And I told you since the name, I was like, we need more layall everywhere. You know, like, hey, we're going to have loyal, but you need to put layall out there. And so, I'm you know me, I'm very excited to see this uh, come to fruition and, uh, uh, my bank account won't be tomorrow uh, when I get paid, but uh, it'll come right back out and just go to, I should just have them send you guys like a hundred, hundred bucks, uh, you know, every couple months just on retainer just to make sure. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so, cool stuff, man. It's, it's really exciting. I was going to say, so what um, it's Leal. Okay, Drew, we have to, uh, we Leal. Have to thank you. Well, I can't roll my R's if you're getting down that roll. So then it's like, oh, <laughs> it sounds like a, a bad vacuum starting up. <laughs> I have to say, for those of you that are on and uh, are listening, the Day of the Dead Sugar School on the, the merch, go and check it out right in the middle. I th actually, I think it's the nose part of it. It's uh, soccer boots. It's cleats. Yeah. Go and check it out. Like, there's so, so much detail in that design. Just go and check it out. So, again, yeah, shout out to Travis. You mean that one right there? Yeah, there you go. Look at that. God, that's awesome. Yeah, my, my bank account is also going to take a hit. Tomorrow's payday. So. Yeah. Yep. Actually, it's Steve. I was actually Steve uh, asking Steve earlier because he had a scarf, and I said, "Hey, is that the is that the new Day of the Dead scarf?" He's like, "Nah, we haven't gotten it yet." But we're all like, "Ah, yeah. we that stuff. No, it's awesome. It's yeah. beautiful." Um. So one of the we're, questions we're, we're, that we and I think we want to ask kind of everybody we bring on here, and Jerry asked this last uh, last time, and I think it's a, an incredible question: is what's your biggest regret of this last season? That's a great question. Because obviously you couldn't control the COVID situation or no fans, right? So, like, what is a regret that you, you have? Wow. I can honestly say I don't have one. I, I can't think of anything that I, um, I regret. I think there's a lot of opportunities that we didn't weren't able to take advantage of that we – regret not being a part of, but that was just the nature of starting too late. And it's not like we chose not to, it was just, you know, how do we use our resources wisely and, you know, spend towards what was necessary. And that was all, you know, how do we create the best experience for our fans and how do we make sure that we really, you know, in our goal was to not just, um, you know, have a great soccer match. Our goal was when you come to this venue, that you felt you got the best customer service that you got in any sporting event here in San Diego. Um, no disrespect to those folks, um, you know, who put on those type of events here, but I just felt that there's such a great uh, differentiator opportunity to really provide higher level uh, customer service. 
And so that was our focus and, you know, things like parking, which is going to always be difficult at USD were things that we needed to work through. So it was more of a, a choice for us to actually spend resources towards more shuttles and those type of things than maybe missing some events. Um, uh, let me just say that my biggest regret was like when the uh, sports arena um, RFP came out. Um, I didn't feel I was in a position. It came out like February 8th or something like that, you know, with the response of some June 6th or June 8th. And I, I didn't feel I could really focus the time, energy, and effort to find and, and build a team that could actually execute. Um, I think if I had, maybe we would have been to it a little bit earlier and we could have really developed the right um i think we did a fantastic job don't get me wrong but i think we could have gone a little bit further to give you an example of the oakview group um you know that's i don't know if you guys know who the oakview group is but they're arena operators and builders and and they're run by tim lywicki the guy that really started aeg for antiques and and they came to the table you know uh a week after we had submitted our bid and you know they said we want to build a privately financed stadium and and you know by that time our bids were due and i think the city chose to pro probably overlook that because we didn't have it in at the time of the bid so those type of things were probably more missed opportunities than regrets um you know but i did was focusing on what i think we were focusing on the team was focused on what we knew what we can control and that was just putting on some kick-ass events that's very relatable. Honestly, that's how I felt about some of the stuff we did this year was I wish I had more time for this thing, but it's it's hard to you can't make that horse trade because you're you know, the horse you bet on was was the club and, and the and the team um, in general and then the players and, and kind of the jersey uh, revealed things like that that were kind of crucial to I think cementing for a lot of people um, their you know, fanship here as well. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's a really good one because, yeah, I think I, I thought of like three things from like, yeah, I just wish I had like another month on this thing when it came to us. Cause we totally could have done something with it from a, our side too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's just point like emphasize not let that go because yeah, I mean, you guys were building a, an entire club from scratch and we were building a supporters group from scratch on our own time, volunteer hours, everything. Like I, I couldn't agree more. There are so many opportunities that I wish we could have had you know, more time could have given us, but alas, you know, we did what we could and, and then COVID hit. So, God, I hearing this. I have to. I have to say this. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys know this. I've been waiting for a long time. I said, "Why are we starting in 2020? Why are you guys not giving giving us more time?" Um. So I, I have to put it out there. I heard. I heard it's Andrew's fault. Is it true, Warren? Because I'm. A, I'm gonna have a conversation with that man. Andrew's fault that we started in 2020. <laughs> yeah. No, it was your fault. Uh, we listened to you guys. <laughs> he said that Jimmy guy keeps saying that it's the wrong idea. So to prove him wrong, I'm going to do it. That's fine. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you remember, I, I know I called a number of you individually and asked, you know, yeah. what do you think? You know, is this really, I'm hearing that, you know, I, I mean, it took me 18 months in Sacramento. And, and I know if we did it with more time, it would have been more impactful. But again you know every community is different this one has got uh you've lived without the game and by the way it's your most favorite game and you know the right now the padres have been because they've all you really had but 
more people play, more people watch than than people that play baseball. So it's you know yep. the favorite game here. It's just not been presented in a way that uh, or the timing wasn't right. It's you know it's a whole host of different issues. But um, you know we heard from you loud and clear. And again, nobody knew COVID was going to happen. Um, you know, listen, we were going to sell out Torero with five months of build out time. It was pretty amazing what this community's accomplished. And and so I can't wait to see what we can do together, you know, and I still believe that this is the capital of soccer in North America, that this region just doesn't know it yet. Um, and I mean that, you know, more people play, more people watch than any other city in the country. And you throw Tijuana into that mix, which is is as much a part of our region as Santee or or uh, or Carlsbad, you know, you throw those numbers into the mix, which are never in those DMA numbers, you know, greatly exasperates that. So, yeah. listen, I, this is going to be the capital of California. I think this is where spring training should end up being for uh, for the the whole United States industry, and I'm going to yep. do everything in my power to make that happen. You That's think awesome. so? You think so even two, more two, than two, Portland? Two. You think on that? You think here is the place? Just to double down on that, because that's a that's a powerful statement from a guy who helped found the timbers. Well, I <laughs> didn't know, found the timbers. We helped. Well, you helped put together. Yeah, you helped pivot. Yeah, you helped pivot the timbers and saw it the already came. in place. Yeah, yeah. But, but you you uh, think that this could be more impactful from oh, a national podcast. standpoint? Yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. Well, All right, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, let's use language like that on podcast. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. That's a, that's a pretty podcast. powerful statement, everybody. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. So two things. Uh, the first one being, um, speaking of the Padres, I wanted to shout out and congratulations to Jerry for the Dodgers winning the World Series. He's the only Dodgers fan I'm happy for, and Thank that's you. because he's a good guy. And um, he, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you. So congratulations to Jerry. Um, and the second thing is being you talked about San Diego. You talked about the, the Padres. Um, you talked about how you're not from here. Um, but one thing that stood out to me from this season is how many San Diegans you had on the club. Can you talk about kind of what that meant to you, what the club's philosophy about that was, and maybe talk about Sal's leadership specifically as the kind of the captain of the club and being so proud to be from San Diego? Well, yeah, he was our first signing, right? It was it was definitely by design. You know, how do you, we talked him out of coming out of retirement, right? Um, here's an MLS player, been in the league for, you know, 10 years, uh, had a great stint in Portland, you know, um, and – you know, it was very, very important to us to make sure that we had San Diegans. And first of all, you have you have a lot more um, in Sacramento. We had great talent, right? But we didn't know it was there. Here, you know, you have it here, um, and we don't need to build a roster, you know, filled out with the rest of the country around the world when we can build it right here. And most importantly, when you're building brands, if you can make connections to people. Um, if you can grow relationships with people and keeping in mind that these players all come to you with, with relationships, then uh, it was, yeah, very important. So it's always been our philosophy. I think Landon tried in the very beginning, but he just had to move too quick, right, to, uh, to build his roster and didn't get to, uh, And by that time, you know, when we're building, most of the players were already contracted. He got into a situation where he was trying to accomplish something and we things weren't going so well and he had the opportunity to look at a few players and i remember very specifically him saying what let's spend some time finding the right san diegans and he found two of them right so 
Um, it's very important that we build this club around the community, around its needs, around its wants, and around its people. And so if we can do that with the talent that's from here, you know, like no other sport, right? In Europe, you know, the players that actually grow up, um, you know, playing for Liverpool are the ones that, you know, that they usually that are from England that play on their team. Right. So it's no different there. Um, everyone else seems to be more international. And, um, and while we have we don't have an academy, you know, there's plenty of talent out there, pl plenty of upcoming talent. We we uh, very much there'd be nothing better than to have a winning roster that's full of San Diegans. <laughs> that would be crazy. All right, we're going to jump into some uh, listener questions here. Uh, we didn't get very many, so that's good because most of the people are have the same type of questions that we have. So. Yeah, the last uh, one that just came in was directly related. Just stealing Aiden Quinn. We're doing oh, that, yeah. right? We, we all can agree we're we're doing this, right? Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't acknowledge that. I. I <laughs> near the end of it we're already we're gonna put warren on the spot um no listen i don't think that you're gonna have a lot to do with some of these questions uh we might have to have who's in charge of uh our our staffing yeah i mean or i should say our players that's that's on uh that's on landon right 100 percent. okay good yeah we we have a committee of folks that um you know that uh, we talk weekly and help to provide, you know, Ricardo built the, you know, 2016 winning championship Red Bull team. Um, you know, I, I was, I participated in the, in the Republic uh, team and that won the championship. So we have some experience and just, you know, we just get on the phone and try to help guide and answer any questions that he might have, but he's ultimately in charge. Okay. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. By the way, Nate provides a lot. Nate Miller has been great for this club, and you know he's he's been very helpful in that vein. Oh yeah, awesome. for sure. Uh, I before, I forget, before I forget, before I forget, I know you. Uh, we heard it in one of our home games against LA Galaxy Two. Um, some deep, deep booming voice that said "Beat LA" over and over again. Uh, I, heard, I heard that was you, and I heard you might have gotten in a little trouble for it. Can you tell that story? Uh, well, it was me and I didn't get in any trouble. Um, I got, oh, no. um, teased more than, I think there were some uh, team, some guys in LA that weren't too happy with me. Uh, but you know, listen, uh, you know, I come from a city that hates LA probably more than you guys do. So it, it, it uh, I don't know. Just came out easily. <laughs> I, uh, I heard it. I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder who that is. By the way, I, can't, I, I remember hearing I don't want to correct oh, twice, stop. but it's, it's, it's Carson. It's Carson. Okay. <laughs> it's possible to dislike both places equally. It's true. So, just saying. Oh, here's a good, uh, great question uh, from Eric. Who was your favorite player this year, Warren? Nobody listens, by the way. Players don't listen. Great so question. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Martin, without a doubt. Yeah. That was mine, too. I, awesome. I All think, right. uh, you know, if I may real quick on him, he, you know, he didn't. He was a little unsure of himself when he came in. Um, he was trying to find his role. You know, first two games, first three games, or first two games were a little iffy. I don't think he played them both. But the first two games that he played, I remember they were, uh, he was a little wobbly. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, um, he found out who he was, his role, and played his role to the, 
to the way that Landon asked him to. And I just felt he was, I just felt he was, you know, the strongest. Uh, Stoneman was also, you know, another, I'd have to say that what a surprise, you know. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, we can all look at strikers, but I like to look at defenders. Since I was up the league too, that was that was pretty impressive to come from League One to Championship yeah. and be one of the best players in the Championship. You know, at least going up against the teams he did and playing the way he did, that was yeah. really impressive. Yeah. So I, I see Daryl asked a question, but I don't have the power to put it on the screen. But um, that, a good question. We didn't have, we landed on a couple weeks ago, but we you know we didn't see a whole lot of player transactions before that. But between now and then, we've seen Beverly sign for Tacoma. You know, on social media, we've seen Carlos Alvarez sign for some coaching academy. Um, obviously, USL contracts are weird. Can you talk about any players for next season? Can you talk about any of that? Yeah, um, that that's uh, um, you need to bring Landon on for that. I'm getting into his base, you know, and, and all, it's, it's like asking me if you know if you know what if we're going to bring Merchant House. You know, I got to let Ricardo talk about that type of stuff. Yeah, we've uh, we've got. I mean, there are definitely a a, a strong number of team uh, guys that are our core. You can probably guess who uh, many of them are, um, but um, I'm so thankful to all those boys and the, on Team One, man. They gave us their heart. They gave us their soul. Um, you know, while it, while it didn't uh, may not be in our plans for the future, man, they helped to build this club just like each of and every one of us. So couldn't be more thankful to them and and their role for helping us. Hey, you mentioned Team 1, so are we going to keep that going? Is this going to be Team 2 coming into 2021? I don't know. That's up to Landon. You know, okay. We'll see. Cool. Awesome. Uh, any other questions from everybody in here? Let's see. There's a... So another one that just popped in my head yeah. while Jerry searches the, the chat. Yeah, um, what was your like day-to-day -day role You know, through COVID? Were you at training? Were you more in the office? Uh, was it kind of a blend? Um, do you like being at training? That kind of stuff. I love being at training. I, I do. And I love interacting with the boys, but I'm also very respectful of that space. Um, I came from, you know, my first foray into leadership where I was running the club was Precky as the coach. I wasn't even allowed to walk on the field. Precky, I don't know It wasn't a COVID I mean, thing. Just don't <laughs> breathe near my players, man. Don't even get near yeah. them. Yeah. No, misunderstood in so many ways, but it was kind of, yeah. kind of a joke. Uh, yeah. But but I but it it's meaning that hey, this is my work, this is my place, not yours, and yeah. so I'm very respectful of that. Um, when I go down, I go down for a purpose and to accomplish you know something and and but you know try to stay a little longer and just grow grow relationships. But you know, listen, my job are twofold: one, create the atmosphere for people to have success in the office, and two, to make sure that we have the resources to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. So I spent most of my time, uh, you know, on those two areas and then dealing with the league and, you know, convincing a lot of people who felt that we shouldn't play to that, that we needed to play and make sure that we provided our fans with, uh, with continued service that they deserve. Yeah. True. Do you have one for him? Well, I was going to say we were going to do some fun awards because we just wanted to build up questions, but we had a bunch of good stuff. And, and as always, Warren has way more uh, fun stuff to tell us about than we even ask about. So 
uh, one of those awards was uh, best wait, dancer or dance off champion. Wait, wait. Yeah. we have to we have to actually do this proper because all right, okay. let's, let's do this. Uh, so you want to do this? Let's do it. Oh, yeah, this is our Tony Award. This all is right. the end of 2020 season. Yeah, we've had a lot of people saying those awards on the comments. They're like, yeah, awards yeah. were stupid. So let's make our good awards. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, and this was uh, uh, this is a great idea, Drew. I have to give you all the credit on this one, so you can take the lead on it. But I feel like it needs a proper announcement, like these all are right. Tony Awards. Well, we're episode nineteen. We have the president on, so who That's else right. to help make determinations on best whatever or most whatever than the president? And episode nineteen is beloved here in San Diego. Nineteen is a special number uh, because of this man right here. Um, okay, so, Drew, yeah. This is how we're actually the Tony Awards. Is that cool with you? We're, this is how we're going to end it. We're already at an hour. We've yeah. kept Warren long enough. Yeah, so we're going to go through our war categories. Warren. We'll go through a few of these here. And yeah, we, we've got some real ones that are kind of like uh, actual ones. And then we've got some silly ones. So we'll mix those in and kind of throw those out. And just a few just a few of those as well to mix in. So um, the first one that would be real uh, will be uh, best match. So what was the best match that each one of you watched this year? Warren. The best match. Yeah, Warren, you go first. What was your best match? Most entertaining. Oh, however, you define best match. Some people, that's okay. a one-one draw. Well, it's they're weirdos. Pretty simple. They're then the, you're asking. I mean, it was March seventh, and it was yeah. opening night. Uh, but secondly, would have been the OKC match, or not OKC, the Orange County match, mm. uh, where we lost. You know, on the two flukes, but. That was the first time we were really showing promise and uh, uh, on the system that Landon was trying to build, and and I yeah. thought that they just were masterful in that match. You could see it, yeah. It was definitely a a turning point that the season kind of pivoted, and the rest of it went a different direction from there, for sure. Jerry, you got one, Steve? Oh, a hundred percent. March seventh. That's without- yeah. Well, that's that's kind of exuded because it's the only match we could go to. So. What was your favorite match we couldn't attend? We'll, we'll rephrase the question. <laughs> oh, that's, no, not, that's not the award. The award is the best match. Okay, best and match, best match for me was March seventh. Okay, hundred percent. I know that that's an easy out, but I'm no, sorry. but it's it's <laughs> who who takes the stage in a virtual award show is March seventh for sure. Yeah, Steve, I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll, I will. I will uh, abide by Drew's new rule, and I'll say that the the away match to Phoenix. Um, I mean, they had that big, like, kill your will sign up. And, like, everybody's expecting going to Phoenix and, like, oh, they're the best team in the league. And, oh, we really need these points. But should we really expect them? They're so good. I mean, I remember our podcast here, we were, like, so speculative on, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get points from this game? And we went in there and we kicked their ass. And that was, like, such a good feeling. And obviously, it was way before any of the other Phoenix stuff went down. But I would definitely say that was my favorite match of the season. Yeah. Yeah. What's yours? No, That's a call. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's March seventh, but then, um, yeah, it's the, for me. It was March seventh because of the, the. It depends on the experience, right? So I'd say the actual game we played that I think was the most entertaining was definitely the one that Steve just mentioned in Phoenix to me. That was just it felt it felt like this was that that was our season to say, hey, we won this match, and I don't mind what we do from here on out because I know that we can beat them and that we should be in the playoffs, even if the league's not going right. 
That was popping into my head before Tom even typed it. All right, wait. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so we're and I don't think that was that the most Stone, fun to watch. I don't think Stone Blue actually like really understood what was about to happen. And yeah, the people that were serving us, and, and I mean the, the pores of the beer were like maybe two, three ounces, right? Yeah. But they just kept coming. They're like, oh, it is what it is. They yeah. just kept Whoever was behind the bar just kept, they didn't care. After a while, it was like four or five <laughs> ounces. Just throw it out. Here you go. That was the most fun watching like a match I had. Her like two week old son was there. Kept getting tasted here. All right. He was cool. baptized. He was, cri- he was, uh, what do they do with ships? Christening? He was christened with, uh, <laughs> with, be- with splashes of beer. Yeah. But, right. yeah, it was- What's the next one, Drew? Uh, next one. So we'll go silly here. So we went from best match. We'll go to best bromance. That's a good one. So best bromance on the squad within the the staff, even it could be, you know, whatever. But like, what's the best bromance that we saw out there on the field in terms of players that linked up and made sense or off the field uh, seemed to connect? Lauren, I need time to think. Uh, All right. OK, I'll go. Um, shout out to, uh, the unnamed soccer podcast. That's my favorite bromance, uh, ever. Uh, Darren, <laughs> Off the Smith, field bromance. Darren Smith and Jordan Carruth. I think you guys take my, uh, best bromance award. That's a- um, love watching you before and after every game. I think you guys uh, killed it this season. And, uh, I just want to go a little bit silly and I've been giving them a lot of, uh, a lot of crap silly award. season, uh, yeah. because I love them and they're amazing humans. And so I wanted to, uh, give them a little bit of props today so they're gonna take my best bromance award steven um i'm gonna have to say on the field on the club um i love miguel berry and john perceived romance what we saw through social media i mean like when miguel came on board john they did just like that video pretty dope and then through the pictures and videos we saw the training, they always seem to be like buddy buddy, which was I think pretty rad, right? Miguel's a really young player. John's been around, he's been around a lot of clubs, um, both on loan, both from Columbus. So I think that was pretty rad. But off the field, um, I'm gonna have to st- stick with the March 7th game and say Jerry and Diego. Oh hey! yeah. holding your son pretty dope. <laughs> Something to share. Yeah. My boy was uh four years old. Uh, actually. No, he was three. He was about to be four at the first game ever, uh, wearing his ear protection, of course, up in the front row with us, yeah. chanting and screaming and uh, losing our, our voices. So that was, yeah, that was, that was special. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Drew. Uh, for me, it would be, uh, I was trying to think about this. I, I think, honestly, on field, it was uh, Bev and Toomey linked up pretty well when they were playing together and trying to find each other in practice. It seemed like they really got along along uh, well and, and we're trying to make that a combination. It didn't work out the way we wanted on the field in terms of production. You'd probably say somebody more like Rabin and Barry, right, in terms of production. But uh, it was fun to try and watch them work that out. And I'm sure in practice they had a lot of uh, good stuff going on. In pictures, it just seemed like they were always kind of having a good time together. Uh, so I'd say those two. Off the field, um, you know, seeing what happened between Nate and Landon, um, growing the the culture and growing the 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 brain, right? So the heart and the brain kind of there coming together. Not the brain. Landon doesn't have a massive brain, and Nate doesn't have a huge heart. But obviously, uh, one is more cerebral in their approach to soccer, and and has been from a coaching angle, and the other one uh, as a player, uh, and in terms of inspiring passion for his team, that's what he can offer as a first year head coach. 
um, you know, seeing those two things fuse and, and see his understanding of the game as well as um, the heart that the team played with being their uh, key to really unlocking the way that they played in the end of the season. Uh, it all came together in terms of how they wanted to play, how they felt like they should play, and then, you know, how it went. So for me, it would be those unlocking kind of the greater potential of the team. And and obviously the, the transfers didn't help or, or did help as well. <laughs> but the, the idea was already laid and the foundation was laid through the two guys. Uh, and their work team as well as the whole coaching staff. So watching that was great. Warren, you got uh, Yeah, so after thinking about it, I th- I'd have to say on the field that uh, Charlie and uh, Colin, um, you know, yeah. once we got the right make- makeup, you know, they just uh, – uh, they were just animals together and then, you know, just really controlled the, the flow of the match. Off the field, yeah. I'd say – uh, be- go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we talked earlier about favorite players, and uh, I think Colin was my, was mine this year. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, the last match doesn't matter. Yeah. The point is, he started as, like, an attacking midfielder or, like, a winger, and then he moved to, like, true number eight and box-to-box, and then he ended as, like, a number six. And he played yeah. the whole season incredible. So, like, super flexible, super, you know, just an incredible player. I really hope he's part of that core that you're yeah. talking about that, that comes back because I, I would I love, so. love, love I to so. see him back. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Off the field, um, this is half joke, half truth, but because um, I just admire the man so much. But uh, Ricardo Campos and anybody he interacts with, um, you know, I know he's got a great relationship with you guys, and I think he does a really good job of listening. His relationship with the USD is off the charts. His relationship with every person in the office is off the charts. It's just a sweet, sweet man. I couldn't be more pleased to, to work with him. And, and uh, you know, I, I keep falling in love with him more every day. So, yeah. Ricardo, be, be on the watch out. Run away. anniversary. Same Warren. Same. <laughs> you can fall in love with that man. Um, and he, not like you fear or nothing, but yeah, keep. <laughs> do, yeah. do we have another answer? Yeah, I would say I would say the next one that's that's meaningful and actually discussable would be best goal. What's your best goal this year? So it's easy. It's quick. We'll keep these ones. Rounded and quick. I know it's a hard one to pick because there was some good ones there in the end, and then the meaningful ones up front. First. But what was your what was the goal you celebrated the most or felt the most energized by? I guess going first. My first goal, my favorite goal was the Guido chip, Alejandro Guido, his chip. Oh, oh my god! Oh, like that's like probably the, tec- the technical the skill. The, stuff, the, right? Yeah, yeah, the composure to like look up and be like, I got this, no problem. It's a goal. It's not like he didn't pound yeah. it, you know. He knew what exactly they were doing. He did it. And, oh. So what happens kind of when you hang, oh. it's what happens when you hang around Carlos Villa at practice for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right there. Uh, Drew, do you have one? Yeah, for me, it was probably uh, Barry's first goal that was just so early, uh, mm. and and when where we started scoring early goals, just his his first early goal there was shocking, oh. but also I lost my mind because I was like. I, in my head, we went to go see that USD game, and I thought this kid should be on our team, and he might not be because he's playing so well that he should get drafted, and he did, and went to MLS. And I said, "That's great, good for him." But in my head, I kept seeing his name in our jersey for some reason. I was like, "It's going to happen, profit vision wise." And so to see him in the jersey, and then eventually have him, then have him score and be uh, so successful so quickly after, as we saw that Orange County game where we had some success, but also had kind of, you know, um, you know, not the result we wanted, but then coming out firing just all blazes in the next game, it was pretty cool to watch. So I think that was for me the best, most exciting thing that I, I was just like it was very fulfilling, just personally, in a lot of ways. And then 
hear him watching him score and then watching what became of that kind of front tacking three was amazing. I'm going to keep it simple and say it's the same exact one as you, actually. I think that's what I, uh, I've been seeing as, like, I think it was like 18 seconds in. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like oh. We were like, what did just happen? We scored too many of those this year. And I was like, it was three. It was 18 seconds. Oh, no, it was crazy. I, I'm missing the beginning of the game. And then they kick on the TV and it's 1-0. Like, what is going on? But yeah, that's probably yeah. my favorite. Uh, Warren, do you have do you have your favorite? No, oh, bro, I mean, I'm the homer. It's 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 Charlie's first, you know the first goal on the team. Yeah, the first goal. Um, yeah, you know uh, that was a game that honestly we were lucky to get a point out of. I felt and, and uh, you know for him to actually step up and you know that goal against us that early um, hurt, but um, you know to come back in, only 14 minutes later, right? We didn't do that a lot until you know the the latter, latter half of the season when the, we made the changes. And then my I'd say the and I, I'm going to be I won't remember the players, but it's the goal in LAFC when we got scored upon. We scored within a minute uh, or two minutes right after. Carson. And then in Phoenix, yeah, and yeah, thanks. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, <laughs> Dominguez Hills. It was Dominguez Hills. You know. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> Then the uh, the uh, match down in uh, in Phoenix, where uh, again we got scored upon, and we came. Um, I think we were up two one, and they scored a goal, or uh, maybe it was three. I can't remember. No, it was our third goal. Yeah. We came back and scored right away. So we hadn't seen that in the team until that point, where they actually had the resolve to kind of fight, uh, believe in themselves to come right back. And I just thought that was a those were telling moments for me at least. I think your store is leaking stuff in the comments, by the way. But uh, I'll leave that for a different day. Yeah. One more. He said it would be cool if there was a shirt com commemorating Charlie's goal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We'll, we'll see about that. Maybe there's somebody there who is. can make that happen on the other end of that comment. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think those are both great. And those, just those the slam back goals, especially that Phoenix one where we came back and before the half, you felt like, as a San Diego fan, yep. we all felt like, oh, man, we've seen this story before. Yep. We're going to, yep. you know, Phoenix is going to creep their way back in here. And that's just the way it goes when you're watching a team that's not the upper hand or the underdog. Um, you know, you can see how that story's written. And just to go back, punch them in the mouth and say, hey, we're, we're going to punch you in the mouth the rest of the yep. game here uh, was pretty fantastic. And that second half just holding on, but doing it with grace uh, was pretty cool. So goals, man. Uh, the bet. So the we'll end with a silly one here. So we'll just do four here and then close it out. Um, so we don't have to hold you super long. But. Uh, oh man, this is tough. Uh, I was going to go with, um, a sillier one, but I think the one that's probably the most relevant since we actually have facts to it. The other ones are just guesses mostly uh, as to personality. So this one would be dance off champion. So who is our dance off champion? Ooh. Since it is the Tony awards, uh, we need a triple threat. We don't know if they can sing and act, but probably can act if they can dance. So see how that go? goes. So who's go our first? dance off champion? I feel like I want to go first. We've seen we've seen plenty of dancing from our club, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I have to go with my favorite player, Elijah Martin. Has moves, man. That's a that man can move, and it's between oh, dude, between him and my, my homie Ivan Parra. But uh, I'm gonna go with Elijah Martin. Yeah, he gets it's, no it's, work for me. He's got the memes. He's got the gifts. The gifs. The gifs. Whatever you call him. Really Jim, Jim, come on, man. This has been. I call him GIFs, but I, I'm politically, you know, I lead with the GIFs to make people think that I'm I'm GIF. Uh, uh, I feel yeah, like yeah. Uh, unsolved mysteries. 
uh, episode on that. <laughs> but I think Eli- I think Elijah is the lock. Can anybody else come up with anybody? I thought this was a pretty cut and dry category too. It's kind of. No, no, I don't think so. No, because there is other, other players dance well, I mean, but he just hurt. he's got that one that one move and and just like the moves on the field too, where he just shifts his hips and then slides by. So for him, it's just natural to yeah. his game, man. He's got the dancing right in his game there. We all dance, so, Stephen. Who yeah. are you with man, Stephen. Irvin, Irvin did a phenomenal job. I mean, on the social and the, and the celebrations, all that stuff. But I, I'm gonna yeah. have to go with Jerry. I, I, I think it's Elijah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. We're we're putting yeah, it out there. Somebody's got to step up next year. Is that Andrew you know? like crying <laughs> his Mach One or something in the back? What is that? Yeah, is he just <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> Warren, who, who do you say is the uh, the dance off champion? You know, I very rarely get to see gold, so that's what I loved about this year. But I'd have to say Elijah as well. And but <laughs> Urban, Urban, uh, that man's a special man, and and uh, yeah, I always enjoyed his his moves as well. You know, I, I feel like we also saw uh, Austin dance at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Austin had some moves as well. He's from the Maybe South. My honorable really. mention, the triple boy threat. Okay, he and be, we had another one here who would be on be on TV. He would probably be oh, man, the winner right. of that category. I think he's the uh, most likely from a personality standpoint to be the talkative uh, personality. So yeah. you see it coming through there. But Elijah by far is the dance off champion. We have to hand him that award because uh, it's not even close. I think there was two or three different videos of some good dances that solidified it. So you have your homework, uh, other loyal players next season. If you want to walk walk out with the coveted Tony dance off award. There you go. Eric Bonnet, said, Eric, yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah, it's a good honorable mention there. I'd say that's a, right up there with uh, Para in terms of we just didn't have the footage. We need the coverage. We need, you just got to dance more to get on camera. It's usually a uh, hopefully, hopefully, Ryan is listening right now. We need some coverage, more dance moves. We need more dance yeah. moves. Uh, we, we just for these awards, Ryan, nothing else. We just want to make sure uh, we get all the inside, <laughs> which shout out again to kind of close this off. We have yeah. to give major props and shout outs and all of those uh 90s and 2000s terms that us 30 something year olds use um to say thank you to the entire media team uh along with ryan and others uh you know jesse and i mean i know everybody steven what was that oh yes 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 um say yeah congrats because you guys have been killing it keeping us uh, you know, just so enthused about this club, watching the video, the film, just the simple little promo that came out with the Dia de los Muertos merch that was released today is beautiful. And I wanted to cry because it was just so nice to see a family like that and, and wearing our merch. And it was just so San Diego. I think you guys are nailing it. Shout out to Ricardo. Shout out to everybody that's in the front office, everybody that has done work uh, and that made 2020 so special for all of us uh again my favorite word has always been uh accessible and i think that this club just is so accessible clearly we have mr warren smith here with us and literally i can say he's our friend he's a friend if we if we ever go up to to warren we can say hey what's going on and he'll cheer uh cheers us with a beer and just have a good time because he understands what this is about and this is about relationships and you heard him talk about that and uh part of this podcast i mean we are 
the locals and this this supporter group is based on a foundation that all of us are building still and that's what i wanted to say is that this is the end of season one but we have so many more years to go you guys we have so much more history to write can you believe already year one the way that it ended like so much history has already been written into our book but there's so many blank pages ahead still and so i hope that you guys will hang out there uh hang in there with us and uh give us your opinions send questions send comments the thing about this club is that they're willing to listen and they're willing to answer anything that you may have and they're willing to listen to your opinions and to suggestions uh it's proof right here i'm wearing a green jersey i know that you guys have been asking about this and this is because I have been in their ear bugging the shit out of everybody in that club until I finally convinced somebody to give me a jersey. Maybe I stole it. I'm not going <laughs> to All right. But <laughs> it is what it is. Jerry, as your lawyer, you should just stop talking. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, uh, my lawyer has said I should stop talking. I'm going to keep drinking. And, Steven, I'm going to hand it off to you. Let's close it off, man. So yeah, I've been kind of holding this back, but one of the um, one of the points that I wanted to, to make to close things out was going all the way back to that first meeting that we had, um, Warren, with you, me, and Daryl, um, and Ricardo, when you kind of said that you were obsessed with minor league sports. Um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I want you to tell that, but that, that also made and left a huge impact on me um, because we're starting essentially, you know, a second division club here. This is an MLS. Um, and that was like, you know, own who you are, believe in who you are, and love the club for what they are. Um, because this club can be about the community. It's not about a major league sport. It's not held back by MLS's rules or, you know, what these big, 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 you know, money people and conglomerates kind of withhold. So I want to let you tell that story. And then um, I think we'll wrap this up to not take too much of your time. But uh, if you can tell the story about your success with minor league sports and kind of that stuff. You guys have me as long as you need, so if you want to go longer, no, no worries. I've, I've got my dinner and burritos and beers, so so sorry while I was eating in front of you. But um, you know, you know, uh, the thing about um, what I learned about minor league baseball is that um, you know it's um, everything that you do is about relationships and and how, uh, um, how you can grow them and ultimately how to have fun and create fun for people. And yeah, I don't know that I'm really so driven uh, maybe uh, on the minor league sports aspect, but the part of it that's so important that I loved was how we actually had to learn to listen and we had to learn to act. And that you know, that really happened in Portland when we were taking over the Portland Beavers AAA baseball team, which came to the Timbers, and we didn't know anything about soccer, tried to close them and couldn't do it because the mayor, you know, the facility actually had both baseball and soccer. The mayor said we had to keep it open. And so I was one of the guys that had to figure it out and learn how to uh, interact. And we had these young people that were telling us how much they love this club. And so we first thing we did, they kept saying, we need a beer night, you know. So what did we do? We threw a beer night. And, you know, $2 beers and, you know, thousand people came. We said, oh, this is cool. What else do you guys want? And next thing you know, they just started to um, 
give us some advice. It was like, hey, maybe you should think about this. Maybe you should think about this. And there are all the type of things about how to grow relationships. And and then as it comes down to the sport um, in soccer, you know, um, we're not my, you know, the thing is, we're not minor league sports. I mean, we're not triple A baseball. We are professional soccer. And, you know, I felt that our team, and I think Phoenix is another example of this, you know, Phoenix can probably beat a lot of MLS teams on any given day. And I think we could have at the end of the season as well. Um, but most importantly, I'll share with you this, you know, uh, I, anybody follow Brian Strauss, you know, uh, he's a writer. Yeah. Dress. yeah. Tweeted out today, you know, Hey, I got a media call from a new media person who actually said to me, you know, I've got this story idea, which, and he, he, he basically said he was floored. He fell to the floor because he'd never heard that. And, and that's yes. because, you know, MLS is all about sending out the content that they want instead of being authentic and letting the, uh, you know, the, the community develop what they want. Um, and I can tell you this, New Mexico United means more to the city of, or to the whole state of New Mexico than any MLS team means to their market, to their, to their city. And that's no disrespect to the MLS teams. It's just that, you know, they've chosen to go into markets where they're number five or six or, you know, I mean, LAFCs and the Galaxy are probably number five in the market, right? Um, so, I mean, we have this opportunity to make a real difference in our community in this league. Uh, and that's what I love. I love the fact that you can use, um, you, can, you can develop a business that, people um enjoy right which and you enjoy your netflix you enjoy that but you're not passionate about netflix i doubt if something else came out that actually provided better service you probably go there but we're building this thing around emotions and and being true and authentic and that's what i love it's not so much that it's minor league sports so um and what I love about you guys is you you don't hold a thing back. You guys were very open and honest and and brutal at times, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm going to be brutal back at times, and I hope that we can, you know. And I, I don't think I have been yet, but there's going to be times where I have to say <laughs> no. And and yeah. you know, uh, you know, I hope that we can work through that. So um, we're all do. together. I'm sorry. That's what friends do. Yeah, yeah, but family doesn't. Yeah, agree. yeah. Agree. I, about the people, right? You told me too. It's about the people. That's what you love about minor league versus major league. Is major league gets so about the money and the advertisers and and how are we putting on a show versus minor leagues about the people is one, one thing you said to me that always stuck with me is and my dad who played minor league baseball for years and, and really never in the majors said the same thing. It's really about connecting with individuals as opposed to connecting with, you know, and creating that community through the individual and, and the individual connections and yeah. relationships, which as you said, you've talked here for an hour and a half about relationships. So it's, it's obviously core to your heart and yeah. we appreciate being part of those. So thank you. We can talk to you for hours, but uh, we've kept you for about an hour and a half and we're getting close to closing it off and uh, calling it a yeah, night. Cause I'm keeping you too long. That's what this yeah, is. You are. We, we have to get hyped for the Mandalorian. It's coming out in three hours. Oh, or so, it yeah. is in a little bit. So, uh, you guys, uh, before the 31st. So happy Halloween to everybody listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. again, thank you be to Warren Smith for being on. What's that, Steven? Be safe. So be safe. Everybody be safe for Halloween. Take an over yeah. if you yeah, need to. Yeah. Yeah. 
know, just go buy candy. Just saying, if you're going, I have a, I have a yeah. weird thing for people. If they want to watch some movies I made, they can look up the Trick of the Treat. It's on YouTube or Vimeo. It's a movie I made once, which involves oh. me. Uh, it's a Halloween special. So if you want to watch that Trick of the Treat, five minutes of your time, you wish you had back. Go ahead. There wow. All right. Before you go, can I ask each of you a question? No. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna ask a question and want you to answer it, right? And and then and then you know, I keep the feedback that you get from other questions. But what's the one thing that we can do as a club to get better? What's the one thing that we can do uh, off the top of your head that right now um, you'd like us to focus on and really, really deliver for you next year? What what is that? Oof. I mean, I, I think the, the easy answer, the easy answer is fans in the stands, right? But that's not under your control. Um, otherwise, I, I don't know. I, I think you guys have done an incredible job this year. Um, maybe I held Lane in the feet of the fire last week, so I'll do yours too. I'll take Tory Green Kits, which was already mentioned here. But yeah. as we discussed, it, it's not up to you. <laughs> Sometimes it's up to the loom makers that Adidas employs um, and, and the, the process by which you have to do that. But uh, that's that's mine would be that because it, it doesn't still a certain type of brand identity. I think seeing that 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 specific green, right, as we know, is a beautiful green around town. So yeah. uh, I'll hold your feet to the fire and say that one is something I, w- I would like. There you go. Hey, uh, so, yeah, I, I, real quick, uh, because nobody else is going to say it. Um, Adidas has already come out with a few kits that are very similar to the Tory green. So maybe a little bit more of a push on them to say, hey, you know, we can let's make this happen. But that's, that's minimal. But yeah, I, I would agree. Oh, there you go, Drew, coming out with the uh, Ajax. Ajax. Uh, Same. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, was that yours, Drew? Yeah. Okay, Stephen. So now that I've had literally two minutes to think, um, my head goes to maybe more opportunities for um, us dedicated kind of diehard supporters I, I think on one of the last kind of old school happy hours that we had um you mentioned the possibility of maybe having some fans in some trainings um that would be a really cool opportunity to kind of engage and and give us as locals and us as just general supporters um not only members of the locals but you know an opportunity to see some fans in in, in per- not some fans some some of the club in person some action in person um in in some way um, so that would be maybe one suggestion, uh, kind of tangible suggestion, but that would that would be kind of all I can really yeah, think the only, of. Yeah, the only reason that didn't happen was uh, Tula Vista was closed. So mm. we, had, uh, we yeah. had talked to them, uh, Ricardo had uh, approached them, and they said once we get open, and they opened literally the week our season ended. So um, yeah. li- um, guarantee you that those type of things will happen. Yeah, I think that could Darryl's be a cool opportunity. Before the one, Daryl's comments before the one that just came up this about one? being authentic. Be really, uh, be uh, be really be authentic. I think he meant be real, be authentic, uh, be us. I hope we've been that. I I think I've done everything in my power to try to do that. Um, we will continue to do that. Um, you know, loyal is a pledge, right? We're um, I can't ask you to be loyal to us if we're not loyal to you. So um, we're definitely loyal to San Diego. Uh, Andrew Vasiliadis will never let this team leave San Diego. He will never let this team fold. It's, you know, 
um, this is going to be incredibly successful and it's going to be because of all the blood, sweat and tears that we all put into this. So Warren, I have to ask you, do you mean for what, you, what I would like to see next season or just for the club in general? Well, maybe a bit, a bit of both. Okay. Uh, because I agree with uh, Stephen in that, you know, obviously having people in the stands is is a big thing, but that's not something that's in your control. So it might be a little bit later. Um, what I would like to see a bit more of when possible is I think you've been doing a really good job of communication, uh, but I think that we can do even more with those that spend their, you know, their, not just their money, but their literal blood, sweat, and tears for this club that want to build something, that have ideas. I think that you guys are already doing a fantastic job, but spending more time with us and making us feel even more a part of the club, um, mm -hmm. maybe doing a little bit more of a session with, with us, those that are a part of the locals and that are members of the locals, and, and, and spending a little bit more uh, time just literally hanging out as humans. And I think yeah. that we've done a yeah, good job, but I would like for more of that because I've enjoyed every moment of hanging out with you guys and, and feeling like, hey, these are people that, yes, this is a business. At the end of the day, this is what I tell everybody. The club is a business and you have to see it that way. But for us as supporters, it's not a business, right? So it's up to us to make sure that those that are in the background understand that and hear us. And I think that you guys have done a great job. But I would like more and more and more. And I know that it's not necessarily the best of times to hang out with, with you guys in, in, in person. Um, but having beers and all of that has been probably my favorite part yeah. of this whole entire thing. And so I, that's what I would say is m my request is when possible. Let's, let's just hang out and be friends and talk about how not only can we build this club but how you can help us build this club because at the end of the day you've been saying it forever we will be here the players come and go the staff comes and goes but the supporters will be here forever and ever and we want to help continue to grow this you guys have done a fucking fantastic job so far uh and trust me i know that because i was a part of a few supporter groups before then back to chivas usa days so i understand it We've gone through some really tough times and I will be here to support those that don't understand that clubs lose sometimes, you know, but um, I'm just so proud. I'm so proud of what we've been able to build. I'm so proud of what the club is doing now. And I'm really proud because I know that this club is headed in the right direction. So I appreciate the question. Um, is there any final thoughts from you, Warren, before we before we call on a night? Jerry, just and one on that because I didn't get a circle around, but I'd say just to throw buzzwords on your thing because I you said exactly what I wanted to. Spontaneity, safe, safe and spontaneous ways to con connect because what feels like right now it's really formal, right? To reach out digitally, it feels like hey, I'm launching an assault on your your attention by you know putting this digital piece of information. So just finding ways to and it's tough to safely and spontaneously connect. We're trying to do that as a supporters group and and trying to find new ways and always, you know, reaching and struggling. Oh, hey, kitty. Yeah. So, like, we just spontaneously uh, interacted with your cat there. This is great, and this is safe, and everybody's loving this, and now we know about your tabby cat. What's your tabby's name? Tiger. Tiger. Oh, that's a good tabby name. There you go. But, yeah, this is that's the kind of stuff where I think, you know, more of that, as Jerry said. So, Jerry, go ahead. Sorry, close this out. 
No, well, actually, before, you, before yeah. you do, I think, uh, you know, the challenge, I mean, there's a lot of challenges, right? I mean, I think I'm, I want to be re very respectful of the barrier that you want to keep or that I'd say the space that you want to keep. And so uh, that's probably more, and let's, you know, put COVID aside, that's probably been more of the barrier because, um, frankly, I respect that, right? I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to step on that. I know it. I've been through it. I, I and I know as a organization how you guys need to have that space. So as long as we can do that in a way where you, you know, you, if we have the type of relationship where we're friends, you can say, "Hey, Warren, you're going over the line here," or I can say, "Hey, guys, you're going over the line here," and uh, then yeah. we'd be fine. But you know, I think that's just partially out of respect of you that we're not, we're not crossing that line. Last thing I think Jerry, since you brought it up is, you know, why don't you come up with a couple ideas, Okay. Uh, share them with Ricardo and, and uh, you know, I, I know we all love beer. So, you know, if, we, if it means finding a way to get together, I tell you what, why don't we do this? We're going to open up our office in the next couple of weeks. You know, once the, once the city actually says, Hey, uh, Ricardo might be mad at me, but maybe we uh, maybe we let you guys come in first and and see the shop and and before it's open to the general public and we just do something together there. Um, that might be a good first step in that direction. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. No, yeah, I have a yeah. couple of ideas for sure. So, even yeah, me too. I feel like you have, you have something you want to say. I was going to say Ricardo might be mad at me too, but. Um, we've been talking about the shop and um, opening that and what that might mean and maybe having a little bit of space in there to do something pretty rad. So um, maybe a little bit of teaser for our members watching and listening, but um, stay tuned. I hope that that comes to fruition as expected. And uh, that would be a pretty cool idea, Warren. So I look forward to hearing more about that. Cool. Awesome. So to end this up, I wanted to say thank you to everybody that has been listening, that has been asking questions, that has been communicating and been commenting and all of that stuff. I'm seeing all of those come through. We appreciate all of you. Please sec check out Soccer Shorts. All right. On Patreon, there is a uh, it's in actually in the final stages of production right now. There is a locals uh, documentary. Uh, I believe it's part right now. Uh, through the building of this supporter group so you can see kind of where we're coming from what this is about so you can actually see it for yourself as we're going through and building this thing uh, leading into March 7th and, and then through the end of the season so go and please go and support Soccer Shorts um, it's, it's it's coming often I've seen a little bit of it um, and it'll show you kind of where our heart is right which is uh, where I want to end uh, and that is in saying that this is the end of season one. That's it. That's this is the, you know, officially the start actually of season two, I should say, on this episode. Um, but it was great to talk to Warren and be able to get a, a perspective of what season one was like. I know that you will continue to join us, Warren. You're our friend. We we love you to death, and you are a San Diego, whether you like it or not. Uh, you know, we we consider you very much a part of this family. And the fact that you listen to us the way that you have, we are just stoked to be a part of this club and to be able to, uh, you know, just continue to build it together because that's what it's about. It's about building this club that's going to be in San Diego 
for years and years. And children and children's children and his future children are going to be able to walk into it. All of our children are going to just walk into it. Right? So with that, I'm going to say good night, everybody. Thank you all for hanging out with us. And uh, please continue to send questions comments everything as you guys can see warren is more than open to answering everything uh so send him over he's on twitter by the way go ahead and follow him what's your what's your twitter handle the warren smith the war at the warren smith there's a lot of warren smiths in the world that's that's a hard get so yeah go follow him on there Ask him questions. Uh, c- continue to bother him about the Tory Green uh, kids, which he can do nothing about. <laughs> and he will be like, Ricardo- no, we can do something. We can do something. <laughs> Ricardo can do something. <laughs> uh, Drew, where can people find you? Uh, I'm, I'm at a loom trying to make Tory come out and send it to Adidas. Uh, it's currently what I do most days. So they can find me at a loom uh, working. But otherwise, on Twitter, at Drew Stork uh, works as well. Steven, where are you at, dude? I'm uh, at Scuba Steve Four with the with the K and the Scuba, so been a been a fun journey as a Scuba Steve. Yeah, as Daryl said, go tell your friends about the Locals Podcast and live stream. We're gonna be doing more of these. Uh, we will see who we can uh, manage to get on. I mean, we got Landon, we got Warren. Who could possibly be next? Jake we'll- Edwards. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we will see you in, uh, I don't know, maybe next week, maybe in a couple of weeks. We'll see. Just c- stay tuned. Follow us on at the locals SG. Follow me at Cheeto Jerry um, on all social media. Thank you again. Have a great night. We will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Hey, Drew, what was the name of the, your video or the movie? Trick or Treat? Trick of the treat. Okay, thank you. Sorry, Jerry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's great.